0: this edition of the inspiring you podcast inspiring you is really about a forum for women leaders to share their journeys and help others as they are progressing along their way with advice tips, techniques, and just really sharing all the wonderful things that they have experienced in their careers to help others. Today, I'm so excited to have Christine Ross with us. And Christine is the Executive Vice President at Proof Experiences, which is an experiential marketing firm in Toronto. So welcome, Christine. Thanks for coming.
1: Thank you, Nancy. A pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: No problem. So Chris, you know, I'm just going to call you Chris because we know each other and I like to start out with just saying how do I know you and how, you know, we've worked together and it's wonderful um, to really be able to touch base with you on a regular basis. So I would, you know, how would you say that we know each other? What, what do you think, uh, how would you describe our relationship?
1: Well, I would say that we were introduced through mutual colleagues had had the opportunity to work with both of us and said, you two need to meet each other. You're going to love each other. And sure enough, we did, right, first meeting. We said, wow, how how have we not met each other sooner than this? (laughs) So Uh, true, yeah. We are very like-minded, leadership-focused individuals who have uh, come up through this business with a lot of grit and hard work and are hoping to share some of our learnings with the next generation coming up behind us.
0: Absolutely, love it. And so on that note, maybe you can just start with an overview of your career and the roles you've had and kind of where you are now and how you got there.
1: Sure. Thanks, Nancy. Well, as you said, I'm the Executive Vice President of Proof Experiences. So we are a Canadian-based group of companies of which our specific team is the experiential marketing team. The other, Some of the other groups are more broad-based marketing communications organizations. And I have been agency side my whole career. I got in as an intern and have stayed in. I, I did a short stint for about five or six years client side and quickly realized I missed a little bit of a hustle bustle of <laughs> uh, feet to my fire. Is the fire to my feet? I like yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, so I went back agency side and have stayed ever since. So my career tra- trajectory has been agency side through starting a family, um, all Toronto based, but Canada wide. And I am new to the experiential marketing space. I started out in shopper marketing and promotions. I've always been below the line, did a stint in digital, uh, and, then, and now taking a turn, if you will, at experiential marketing. So I feel like I have a pretty good 360 degree view of most of the disciplines within the marketing function.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I can totally relate to that client side versus agency side, because I myself have gone both ways and continue to come back to where's that pulse, that creativity, that just that rush right? of just kind of being on that side, um, which is really in so many ways thrilling and at the same time can be very chaotic. So it it definitely is a different pace um, for sure. So that's exciting, but that's wonderful. And so if you were to think about your favorite role, what would that have been and why?
1: Well, that's an interesting question because it leads a little bit back to my career trajectory, I think. And that is that what I loved about agency life versus client side life is I quickly honed in on where I thought My sweet spot was, and my leadership skills, I believe, lent themselves more readily to agency life, where you had um, a lot of people trying to get organized quickly, service a broad base of clients, fast paced work life balance. So, for somebody who was more interested in the leadership piece than I was necessarily in the strategic brand stewardship piece, I quickly realized that I got more job satisfaction working agency side, which is a little bit, you know, leads into the next question around my favorite job. And I would have answered this differently five years ago. I've had a, you know, I've had a lot of opportunity in the last two years, as most of us have as business leaders to hone our leadership skills. And it sounds like a little bit of a cliche, but I would say each of my jobs has been the job I've loved the most. And I have been a little bit lucky but also smart about never staying in a job to the point that I was resentful and didn't like it and I left every job thinking oh, I'll never find a job that I love as much as the last <laughs> job I've had. That's right. I've gone because I've known it was the time to go or there was a new opportunity that I couldn't say no to but even the job I'm in now I thought Oh, this job sounds exciting, but I will never love these people and so enjoy this as much as I loved my last job. And here I am going, Oh my gosh, this is my favorite job. I so know that. it's a little bit of a secret to my success and my job satisfaction. And it's probably a piece of advice that I would give to others too, which is definitely following the opportunities, but following your passion and where you feel the most excitement and interest um, Mm -hmm. in your day. And that's usually ends up being the job you love the most.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think, I, mean, I think that what I love about what you're saying, too, is that, you know, um, leaving at the right time is, is an interesting piece because that engagement and that excitement and the motivation that you're talking about and going on to something that is going to be your next uh, fulfilling piece for your career and having, you know, a reason or rationale to go there. I think that's courageous in a lot of ways, but I also think, like, as you said, it's really smart, and um and we don't always listen to our guts or our intuition and we might stay too long right in a place where really um it's time for us to grow and thrive and do some new things and that's okay when it's the right thing but i love i love how you express that because it's true you leave behind people that you love right you always do and you love the job for so many reasons so it's not that anything has to be so wrong so yeah so that's so great
1: climbing is everything and i do think that what the people who've had the most fulfilling careers have been good at identifying the right time to go. And the analogy I like to use with people when they say, oh my God, this is the best job. And I say, you know, I thought grade one was the best year I've ever had, but I didn't not go to grade two. And then you thought grade two was the best teacher you'd ever had. And my kids will all say this too. I'd say, who's your favorite teacher? It was always the teacher they had. Mm -hmm. And they never thought they would ever have as good a teacher the following year. But you you went on to the next school year. Yeah. And then that was your favorite year. So I don't know if careers are dramatic. They're the adult version of school where you can't possibly have better friends than the ones you have. And then sure enough, you get there and the teacher's great and new experiences and new friends. And you would never hold yourself back in elementary school. So why do we do it sometimes in our careers?
0: Yeah, I love that. That's a great analogy. Absolutely. Um, So what do you think gets you up in the morning and what would you love to do more of or what do you want to do more of?
1: Well, I'll start with the second part of that question. I have a rule, my 80-20 rule, which is you should be spending 80% of your day, not every day, let's say 80% of your week to month doing work that you're good at, you're passionate about, plays to your strengths that gets you excited to get up in the we all have stuff in our jobs that we don't like, doesn't play to our strengths. You know, we're not good at it. And certainly the pandemic had us all scrambling with all hands on deck. So we were all doing things that we hadn't maybe done in a few years. I hadn't done a work back schedule for five or six years. I was figuring out how to use Excel again. So maybe the last two years are a bit of an exception, but in an ideal scenario, you're spending the majority of your day on things that you are good at and passionate about. So. To that end, you should be getting up in the morning excited about your job. And if you ask the people who are excited to come in why they're excited, then it's usually because they're going off to do work they're good at and they're excited about and they're passionate about. So knowing that and being able to identify that and put your finger on that, junior people, you know, that's a that's that's a skill, a life skill to learn, not to spend your day doing things you're not passionate about then I, I, I would say passion and skill intercept. You and I've talked a little bit about this, about flow, you yes. know, that perception of where flow is. And if you get good at identifying it and you can steer your raft a little bit closer towards the zone, Absolutely. you're going to be engaged and pumped. And when you're engaged and pumped, that's what gets you up in the morning. You can't wait to get there and see what you're going to conquer today. You know, the days where I'm, I get up and I think, oh, another day... And there's been some of those the last few years for sure. It's when you're doing work that, you know, it isn't meaningful to you, it isn't fulfilling to you. You're maybe not the best at it, but they need some help. And you're just maybe not passionate about it. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm very excited to get up every day and lean into the people side of my business. That's where I get the most excitement. When I know I'm starting my day off with meetings, back-to-back meetings with the team, mm-hmm. I'm excited as opposed to waking up and I've got a day of no meetings, but deliverable like documents to write or things where maybe I'm just not as passionate for that of work. I wouldn't be as excited on those days as I am about starting off my day with you and talking about something we're going to get going on together around people's side of the business. So,
0: yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I think that's part of, you know, really um, continuing to assess, you know, what it is, like you said, that gets me excited where I find that flow and that's not easy to find. So it is one of those things that once you have a clarity on what that is, how do I go about finding that in my day-to-day job or creating it out of the job that I have and making sure that I can, do those things um, on an ongoing basis. So it's not always easy, but great once you find it and great once you know it because it's the best thing ever as you know. Um, so what would you say is your has been your greatest lesson? What has been something you'd love to share with the listeners about something you've learned that might help?
1: Well, it took me a while to realize and accept the fact that there isn't a finish line in leadership and you know Nancy many conversations with you that were humbling and eye-opening. Because I did think many years ago that there was sort of a finish line. You, 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 you do this and you get to this point in your career and you know it all. And the truth is, it's lifelong learning. So learning to be humble and to ask for feedback and to really be open and vulnerable to that feedback so that you can continuously improve as a leader has been and continues to be my biggest, my biggest lesson, both in life. And at work, you know, as a parent, Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: think accepting the fact that you can't and don't have all the answers with your family and you don't and can't have all your answers at work is an evolution. Because as leaders, we think, oh, dear God, we need to have the, like, someone just asked me something. I need to know the right thing to say. And we do that with our children, too. And I think there's lots of times where we do have the answer, but there's lots of times where we don't. Um, so, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, to be, and when I say vulnerable, I mean asking the question, not to just get it out of the way, but asking it and then really listening to the answer and putting your guard down so that you can find that nugget of learning um, and feedback and input and do something with it and, and continue to evolve as, as a leader has yeah. been my personal greatest lesson. That said, I'm wondering, I don't know what you think about this. Does every leader have a different lesson to learn? Like if, if that comes naturally to some people, maybe they have a different lesson to for learn. Sure. It come as naturally to them. But for me, that was a big aha moment that this wasn't school. You don't graduate. You don't get a certificate and then you're done. Yeah. It's, it's no, 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 no. That was last week's lesson keep going
0: there is no finish line you know what i'll say about that great leaders recognize that so i will say i will say it's it's funny because there are you know people who get to a certain um, point in their career and they think they're done they're like they've They've hit the, the milestone or whatever, you know, they've got the title and so they must be perfect or they must be all that, whatever that is. And I think great leaders are the ones like you who are listening, who are humble, who really are wanting to get better and constantly learn because that's what makes you a great leader. So, you know, and yeah, and, and know your team thinks you're a great leader. So you you are a great leader and that's that's what great leaders do. so um, So that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. I love that um and so what do you think um, when it's all over with like when you decide okay I've had enough of this crazy world that I live in or you know doing these things that I've been doing for however many years what will be your legacy when it's all said and done and, and what will you be doing if it's not working at uh what you're currently doing
1: Well, I cannot imagine a world where I'm not busy with people all day long. So when and if that comes to a stop one day, I'll be disappointed. I would love to think, you know, I've had many great female mentors throughout my career. I can name them on one hand. I can remember some of their their important lessons. It was an important part of my career trajectory. And so I would love to do the same for others. Either at this company or another company or any company that I've worked at, who might say one day that I helped them find their flow, you know, make it, make an important decision, pick an important job, uh, become a better leader themselves. I would love, love, you know, maybe that's arrogant, but I would love that to be my legacy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would love to be uh, on somebody's hand of people that influenced them when they get to my age to say, you know, I had four or five women in my life that were influential in life and in business, and that I was one of those. So maybe, maybe that's a bit of a pat on the back, a bit of an ego trip, but oh. do that for some others and make their make their journey easier uh, and f- have them feel less alone. you know, I can't, I think today's generation of women are at an advantage because they do have some wind at their back. From an equality perspective, I think, you know, I'll speak for myself, but maybe you'll relate to this. You know, we were not definitely rewarded for encouraging work-life balance when we were junior. So it was, you didn't bring your personal life to the office. And I remember when I had my daughter thinking to myself, you know, if I can help create an environment where she doesn't have to make some of the choices that I had to make, then I've left a positive legacy in this industry. Now, I can't take any credit for it because I think the women today are phenomenal and strong and smart and incredible. And I think that they brought this movement on in on themselves. Uh, but I would love to say that we're leaving the industry stronger and a better balanced place for women to show up every day than we found it. That would, that would make me proud. Because marketing is known to be fast paced, crazy, not always the most supportive hours. And a lot of women, a lot of women got out when they started to have families because people's told us we couldn't do both. Mm -hmm. Um, I just realized I had to get to senior management more quickly because that was the only way I was going to be able to do both. But I would like to think the next generation is not going to have to make those choices. You can be middle management, you can be early on in your career and have a family and still be valued and do great work and be mm-hmm. rewarded equally as yeah. you your male counterpart. So those are some of the things that I think are important to me. You know, am I single-handedly shifting the tides? No, but if I can be a part of it by encouraging people, creating an environment for them to feel safe doing that, then I've done a small part.
0: Yeah. Amazing. I love how you articulated that. It's so true. And I think many of our young listeners don't even, um, wouldn't even have um, any sort of um, idea of the kinds of things that we went through and how it has changed so much over the course of, I would say, even the last 10 years. It's significantly gotten different, better. And I love the younger generation, how they, um, you know, I would just say, you know they're just not afraid to ask for what they need or what they want. And I'm so envious of that because I was always so afraid. I would never really say what I wanted, or I was afraid, as you said, to talk about my personal life. I remember after having my first child, just going back to work as soon as possible because I didn't want them to think I didn't want to work. Like All of that you look back on now and you just go, geez, things have really changed. And it's leaders like you who are role models of being um, an executive vice president of a marketing agency that other women can aspire and say, hey, I can do that too, right? Look at Chris, like this is somebody who has, my goodness, how many children do you have? I can't keep keep track. Is it four? Is it
1: five? <laughs> you have a it's, lot of kids. It's, it's five. We, we call them his, mine, and ours. Uh, and you know, <laughs> one good example, but our president, Lisa, you know has a young child took a full year's mat leave and is the president of the company so i i would hold her up as an even better example of someone who's at you know the top of the company with a small child and you know setting a great example and being a great role model for other young people in the company who are starting to think about having a family and are worried that maybe they have to leave experiential marketing in order to do both which is a real shame Um, and everybody's on their own journey. So there's no judgment in that. But if even a few are influenced to see that, you know, you're right, you just need to ask for what you need. And some people find that easier than others, but it's, you know, I call it incremental evolution, not, it's not a revolution, it's an evolution.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's amazing. Amazing. And so is there anything that's happening right now at Proof um, that you would love to uh, share with our listeners what's going on with your company? Um, and maybe just tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do.
1: Well, I'm excited now that the pandemic looks to perhaps be at least in the side view mirror, if not in the yeah. rear view mirror. The view mirror. Let's hope. I know. Yeah. Fast. So... <laughs> It's no secret that the live event business took a bit of a kicking in the last couple of years. We were very fortunate that we moved very quickly to virtual platforms and that a lot of our business was able to transition to the virtual world. So certainly kept the lights on and kudos to our team who were unbelievable. Um, Talk about burning the midnight oil to keep things going. As things start to open up, and we're seeing that now, and we're seeing it spring, we're seeing it summer, there's starting to be massive amounts of pent-up demand for live. I'm really excited to look forward in this industry and see what I think will be a very rapid rebuilding of live and certainly consumers. I was out on the weekend you know, people are in restaurants. People are at movie theaters. Uh, recently, we had the CNE announce that they're going to be live. TIFF announced on Friday that they're going to be live this year. Nice. and then one of the other uh, live events that we've all grown to sort of love and know in the Toronto area and across the country have all announced that they're going to be live. So that bodes well not just for our industry getting back on its feet, but also our company in particular. We've got almost five or six open spots right now that we're looking to hire. Uh, we've got, Fantastic. I want to say 10 to 15 new people already on board in the last few months. So while that also can create a little bit of chaos, I, I, would, I would call it um, fun chaos and energizing chaos. So excited to see the return of live! I think, as I said, it bodes well for both the industry and for our company. So if anyone out there is interested, we're hiring interns for the summer if there's students out there. Uh, we've got many different interesting roles for interns and we're also looking for some full-time positions. So I would say to anyone thinking about getting into event marketing who may have thought twice about it as a career choice in the last few years, uh, it is alive and well and coming back with a vengeance. And what will be very interesting, I think, for the people that are growing up today and what we'll call the the metaverse or or Web 3.0 is the merge of Technical and digital, which we call fidgetal, and live is going has been rapidly accelerated in the last couple of years. So people used to think they had to pick one or the other to specialize in. No longer uh, the case. I think the live experiences are coming back with a strong digital presence and an understanding of how to move consumers through the path to purchase in a very integrated way, touching all those important key consumer touch points. So XM is a place to be if you want to think about uh, getting into uh, uh, the marketing disciplines as a career option. It's a um. to exciting to face.
0: Love that. That's great. And congratulations for you and the team for making it through all of that. That's lots of resilience, lots of pivoting, as you said, and reinventing and and doing all kinds of things that, you know, I know that hasn't been easy, but I also feel like it's exciting that you are where you're at now because it's like a resurgence. And I'm sure you feel that too. It's just like how exciting for us to be able to get back and do all those wonderful, fun things to, uh, to be a part of. So congratulations on that, because I know it um, couldn't have been an easy journey for all of you. So that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's been a ride, but we're back. We're back for another, another chapter. Yeah. I'm looking forward-
0: And knowing you, it's going to be a great chapter, just going to be the best chapter. So I love it. So thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciated your time and you taking the time to talk to our listeners and sharing your story um, and your lessons, because those are the things that people walk away with and really do hear, you know, what someone has gone through and how it can help them on their journeys too. So appreciate that. Thank you for being here.
1: My pleasure, Nancy. And if any of your listeners are interested in talking further or would like some you know, advice or support or some mentorship, I'm always happy to be there for people that could use a little additional support, especially at this time as we come out of this pandemic. So thank you. And if anybody wants to reach out, feel free.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. And thanks to our listeners. And uh, please ensure that you subscribe for Inspiring New Podcast. And we will talk to you all next time. Thanks for coming.